Hello, Mel here. I just wanted to apologize in advance for some slight audio issues this episode. We recorded with a different microphone than usual, so it had different audio settings. Um, so there are a few instances of our loud laughter where it may have been uh, slightly compressed for the sake of your ears. Um, but yes, so I apologize, but I hope you enjoy. This podcast contains explicit and graphic materials not suitable for all listeners. Details and topics discussed on wine, whiskey, and murder may be triggering, harmful, or traumatizing to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Jim. Oh. Oh. That's <laughs> him. Wonder how long before that gets old. It's probably old to everybody else. That was funny. We have a new first on the show. We got our first one rating. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What yeah. for? I don't know. They didn't leave like a comment or anything. It was just, like an Apple thing. Whose so. was it? It doesn't say. It's just like in general, we have seven reviews. They're all fives, except for one is a one star. Yeah. Well, this show isn't meant for you, but no, you move no. on. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna happen. It yeah. is. Yeah. The one that I don't understand is the three. There's three. We don't have any threes. No, that's the point. Why do they even have a three? Either you like it or you don't like. Well, this was okay, but no, that's not true. There's podcasts that I've listened to that would be like, yeah. "This is not for me," but I don't hate it. Right. That's true. But yeah. I also don't generally rate. So, like, if, if, I, if I love, I a only podcast, do if yes. I really like something. Exactly. If I don't like it, I just leave it. Alone. I leave yeah. it alone. Yeah. It could also just be that, like. Apple or Spotify? It was on Apple. Spotify, we're all fives. Fucking Apple. Jinx that. (laughs) Right now, it's all fives. Only cool people. No, it's, it could just be, it might not even be that they don't like the podcast, but maybe the sound, because we're obviously still very early on in the show, and we're maybe too adult. And I do think, like you said, sometimes people, this is not for everybody. Yeah. And we are talking about murder and and something that's very heavy and mm-hmm. are bringing lightness to it and joking yeah and that may turn people off too because Definitely. it is a serious it's a very serious subject it is mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. so you know and there's going to be the good and the bad absolutely and we <laughs> i take Solace and knowing we are definitely not the only ones doing it. No. And there are people that do it much better than we do. (laughs) So. I enjoy our get-togethers. I do, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great having that 300 hours every year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy it. I like hanging out and drinking. Yeah. And then I think all these stories are neat as shit. Yeah. In a horrible way. Yeah. Well, Jim, tell us what we're drinking. Uh, Lauren. Macanoo, a uh, girl I work with at work, 
Um, I was telling her about the podcast, and she loves this kind of shit. She's been listening to our podcast, and she listens to a bunch of others, of course, like Bailey and Morbid and mm-hmm. all those. All those ones that we listen to. Yeah, all the ones that we listen to. Yeah, that, that we've listened to. We've been listening to. But, uh, but anyway, I was talking to her, and she said she knew somebody that made wine for us to want to try one, you know. And I asked who, and it turned out to be her dad, Kevin. I think his name's Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. So, anyway, the next day, oh, actually, she called him on the phone uh, before work, um, and I heard her talking to him, and she t- explained the situation, and he sounded like a cool dude. Uh, and he said he would get us some, and sure enough, he brought it to her, uh, so she could bring it to work the next day, so she Aww. had it in her backpack. So, what we have today is a blackberry uh, wine that he made. I'm uh, excited. Yep, Kevin, Kevin <laughs> Lindsay. So thank you, Kevin. And in case we all end up dying, we know this came from Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, Thanks, Kevin. Or thank maybe uh, Lauren is trying to kill us and she wants to be part maybe. of the podcast. Yeah, maybe so. she does. She <laughs> wants your spot on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She would, she's, she's a fucking riot. She would be an absolute blast on here. Well, she's she's kind of freaky. She might like, need to be a guest. She, yeah, she is. She's kind of kind of wild child. Um, she's married. I don't think have any kids, but uh, she's a hoot. Um, she was a uh, she was making those bracelets, the Taylor, the Taylor, Taylor except they, she was doing them for this. Uh, uh, what was it? It's like a scream thing we talked about earlier. The thing they did down in Disney, not oh, sp- Halloween like Halloween morning. horse. Yeah. It was last week. Or, so whenever she hears this, if she hears this, or her dad hears it, it's weeks down the road. But, it smells yummy. Um, but he makes all kinds, and I think he's making another one. He he, he gave me two bottles. We we'll use uh, the other one as a Moscato. We we'll use it on a different episode. But I'm thank you, Kevin. And, thank you. Uh, this is very cool. It's our first Cheers. liquor sponsor. Yes. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try. Oh, is it, it is. Good? Is it oh, that's delicious. That yeah. is delicious. I'm always a little concerned with the really fruity ones. It's oh, it too sweet. Yeah, this is this not. Is not. This very is good. good. Mm. Like, this mm. is chuggalicious drink. That is good. Yeah. It's low. I think it said it was seven, seven point something. Did I say that already? Yes. 7.5. Yeah. The other one is, is quite a bit higher. Moscato. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, that's good. It's delicious. Delicious. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And, uh, not homemade. Not quite homemade. <laughs> uh, Joel, since Joel's joining us again today, um, I found this, thought we'd try it. It's a Jameson Stout Edition. Oh, that sounds fun. I know. I'm a huge stout drinker. Same uh, Joel, in turn, is also a stout drinker. So, and uh, I love Guinness. I, since I can't find that lagavulin in Guinness uh, without selling a kidney or one of my children, or fucking a politician. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am excited to try this. I'm assuming it's going to be dark. It's not. No, it's, no, it's the opposite. It's still light. Well, Guinness, or not Guinness, uh, Jameson itself is very, very light colored. Mm. So it might be darker than normal. Yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got more in there. Oh, we're going to be sick. I see that. Yeah. Well, there's a humongous ice cube yeah. in this thing. Uh-huh. So. Sure. So that's really not as I bad. I vouch for the ice cube. Yeah, that ice cube's it's the size of the whiskey that matters, container. right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> That's the size of it. Finally, you admitted it. The hot dog down the hallway. <laughs> Damn, buddy. Oh, that's pretty good. It is much, much smoother and lighter than a lot of the stuff we've been drinking. Oh yeah, it is very. Yeah, you know, which I like the scotches. They're much 
smokier, much denser. That is very, very light. It's like nothing. That's what I said. It is yeah. very, very, very light. It's good. I mean, it's a... It lacks a smell, I would think. It, have. That's the it, one. It, it, does it, doesn't, have it doesn't have the scotch, the stout, the beer. The right. Nose. I don't see... I'm not seeing the stout. Right. I mean, maybe like well, there's I, a little bit of an aftermath of a like, Oh, yeah, yeah. It you tastes see, better exactly. than I remember Jameson tasting. Well, I'm not going to knock Jameson because, I mean, I got that huge Jameson right. barrel behind Misty's head. That oh, was yeah, my original Irish drinking. Right, whiskey. right. Oh, yeah. For 30 bucks. I think it's what I paid for that. Yeah. Um, by the way, he gave those to us for free if you want. Um, but uh, for 30 bucks, oh, yeah, that's, that's certainly worth drinking. It's worth, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Just comparing it to. Even monkey shoulder, right? It's right. just uh, the yeah. scotches. I think just have more. Yeah, I guess that because I've always you know, think this is a whiskey. more complex. Yeah, there's a lot more flavors going on. This is a great just sitting around drinking. I could throw that in any other drink, and it would be delicious. It's not. It's very light. Well, this drink. will explain why. Mm-hmm. So, this was finished in eight D stout beer. Barrels. Caskmate series is the result of a collaboration with our neighbors at 8D Brewing. They borrow our cask to age their fine Irish stout, and we then finish our signature whiskey in these stout seasoned oak barrels. The result, the classic smoothness of Jameson with notes of coffee, chocolate, and butterscotch. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it is very, very, very smooth. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. To me, it's almost a, not watery. I don't want to say watery. No, I mean, but it's, it's so light compared to. Any of the scotches yeah. that we've had. Which I guess you always forget, but whiskey is not scotch at all. Right. And it's not trying to be. It is. That's true. So it is. Yeah, we probably should drink more whiskeys, which of course I like the Irish whiskeys, but uh, we should probably drink more whiskeys than we do, sco- or more than we have, because we've been drinking so much scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you remember what they taste yeah, like. Exactly. I yeah. was expecting it to be a lot harsher than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very smooth. It's very light. And it's it's pretty look at. It's golden. It yeah, it's very, very light, pale yeah. yellow. Um, looks like watered down. It's a Harry Styles song. What's that? Golden. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Golden. It's, it's golden. golden. That's also Taylor. Okay. <laughs> That's Harry. <laughs> I, I claimed it for Harry first. You did. I did. You did. Anyhow. I'm mean, pretty sure Taylor has said every word possible. So. <laughs> Unfortunately for her, it's Taylor's version. <laughs> I know I can't even help myself. If Mel hadn't said golden, though, I wouldn't have gone there. Well, Jim said golden. I just yeah, said I think it's awesome. It's a golden and oh, yeah. tan and brown. And I don't know. It's amber. Yeah, it's amber. There we go. Anyway, well, that's a pretty good song. <laughs> Whoa. Amber is the color of the energy. Is that Taylor? No, no, that's 311. She just said oh, that. I, didn't, I thought 311 was a Taylor thing. <laughs> no, that's not No, I do know other artists. <laughs> and it's hard to believe. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to make a little more Hurt yourself with the... No, I'm just taking the cork out just in case. I don't want to spill this wine. I think Mel is going to tell us a story today that she has just been... Itching. Yeah. <laughs> she has. Been, this uh, is weeks coming. Yes. Yeah. So. I, I, this was, I, 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 I mean, excuse the, uh, the pun, I guess, but I liken this to the Sylvia Likens case. <laughs> whenever you were just like, I want to get this done. I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. And then like That's how you were talking about whenever yeah. you were researching it, right. like you would stop at points mm-hmm. and be like, um, so this is like my, this is Mel's version. <laughs> <laughs> 
title, by the way. <laughs> you know that that works because I I heard this story originally from last podcast on the left, and it always stuck with me. And the reason being is how many of us have been at home, either alone or with loved ones, with the door unlocked. We may not even give it a second thought, but what if I told you leaving that door unlocked could be the difference between life and death? A decision so mundane yet of grave importance. I can't tell you how many times I've come home and the fucking door's unlocked. It drives me insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember from listening to the story, like, I remember going home with it in my brain and then just, like, telling my mother, like, lock the door. (laughs) Yeah, so basically... um. Similar to the old adage that a vampire can't enter a home without being invited, Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento, considered an unlocked door to be an invitation. If he came across a home with a locked door, he didn't try to break in. Instead, he'd try again for a home with an unlocked door, where he would then do things that you and I could not imagine to the unexpected people inside. That's kind of like Israel Keys when he buried his um, murder kits. Yeah. And he wouldn't enter a house if there was a dog or if there were children. Mm-hmm. It was like those were the things that he heard. didn't have those dogs. same rules. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. Well, you said it was like Sylvia Likens. So. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun time. Um, but anyway, for instance, on the morning of January 23rd, 1978, David Wallen left his 22-year-old wife, Teresa, at home to go to work, completely unaware that the goodbye kiss that he gave to her would be the last that they'd share. We will get further into the details of Teresa's fate later. However, if you take one simple thing from this story, maybe make that keep your doors locked. Done. And even as I was leaving to come here... (laughs) Even as I was leaving to come here, the front door was open... And I was like, I don't really want to go close it. And then I was like, I don't want to come home to eight cats slaughtered. So <laughs> I loved it. What about your mom? Well, her too. <laughs> we would see the cats first. So <laughs> Anyway, as my boys from the last podcast on the left say, this whole episode is a gold star moment. But what Richard Chase did in his life was unimaginable, and there's honestly no easy way to get into the story. It's incredibly graphic, heartbreaking, honestly frustrating. There are obvious mental health issues at play, which were not taken seriously or properly treated. Maybe if Richard's mental health was taken more seriously at the time, six more people and countless animals would still be alive. Oh, oh no. Animals. Just, yeah. just love our little ladies. I am. The Linkies enjoy and your loving. He's my little, like, support, support He's your support when I come over here. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Wednesday. Yeah. Make up here, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Save her, Lincoln. Yeah, you have no idea how many times I want to strangle that dog. <laughs> and then I'd punch you in the neck. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done it. I love the little bastard. But... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start from the beginning. Oh, must we? Yes. Oh, okay. Richard Trenton Chase was born May 23rd, 1950. I wish I could tell you that he was the quiet boy next door who you could never expect could harm anyone, that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, from a young age, Richard liked to set fires and torture animals, and by the age of 10, he was killing cats. 
sense. Model and citizen there. Anyone that knows me knows how painful that is for me to say. Yes. I'll yeah. tell you right now, it doesn't get any better from here on out. So yeah. the fact that you continue to do this case knowing just that piece of information is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No wonder um, you wanted to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's a part that comes later, which you will all know whenever it comes, um, that I was just like I, I I did like the first half of my research, got it all down, got uh-huh. to that part, and I was like, mm, I'm gonna take a pause. And it was like a week or two before I came back to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. But anyway, uh, Richard and his younger sister lived in a volatile household. By the time Richard was 13, the family had endured several extensive financial troubles, which resulted in them losing their home. His parents fought constantly. His father, Richard Sr., was reported to be an alcoholic disciplinarian, and Richard's sister, Pamela, would later recall being shaken and thrown into walls by her father, along with verbal abuse. Good Richard's mother, Beach Beatrice, was evaluated by two psychiatrists and would later accuse her husband of poisoning her. This accusation was considered to be a paranoid delusion, which would also later manifest itself in Richard. Also around this time, Richard had started to believe that he was a member of the James Younger gang. Does anybody know who that is? Mm-hmm. I want to give myself props here because I knew because mm-hmm. I did a report on Jesse James in middle school. Wow. But it is Jesse James's outlaw gang from the late 1800s. Mm, cool. He would and even... Richard thought that he was a mm. member of this. Yes. Okay. But he was not. He, no, obviously not. <laughs> he was not. Since it was 200 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not alive. <laughs> Richard would even hang a poster on his wall of the gang with his own face pasted onto it. Oh, shit. Richard had numerous unusual habits as well, which included burning pans in the middle of the night and making a mess in the kitchen without acknowledging it, as well as turning up the heat in the house and lying naked on the couch all night. Joel, that's all. Are we just lighting a fire in the, in the, in the turkey baster or the turkey... I'm assuming just like turn on the burner, put a pan on there, and, and then leave it. You yeah. literally do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Including Keep an eye on him, I guess. Walking in, punching naked on the couch. Sleep naked is the best thing. Sorry, you don't that part. Well, on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> While the pot is still on the <laughs> With the windows open. Yeah, the windows are open. Yeah. Our neighbors. Yeah. There's a reason we have a big tree in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> to try and they try to see it so (laughs) oh my goodness um richard was also fascinated with matches and starting fires torturing and killing animals and if you're wondering he does complete the mcdonald triad as he was a bedwetter as well it's just like a bingo card he's ticking yeah yeah he hits it early yeah uh, and in his late teens, Richard would develop a drug problem where he had been arrested for possession of marijuana. Well, that helps. Also, somehow Richard was able to successfully, or at least semi-successfully, date during this period. It depends on your definition of right. success, though. And considering I think we all know a man's definition of success, you could say <laughs> these dates were not successful. <laughs> As one of these women would later report that Richard was unable to perform sexually because he could not keep an erection. But he was at least, I mean, he was at least being conversation he took a woman he took a woman out and she invited him apparently so invited him back to her bedroom so he wasn't completely mentally 
unstable, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, that's not unless he's not able to perform because this vanilla crap doesn't do it for him. Well, that's true, yeah. That, yeah. But I'm just saying, at least he's mentally there that he can, he can converse with somebody. No, I think what you're trying to say is that he at was, least he's, I mean, he's, he's social like he's, enough to go on Yeah, yeah he sounds, yeah, he sounds like he's locked himself yeah, right. in one night yeah. fires. I mean, at least he's cleaned up, taking a shower, doesn't smell like burnt chicken or fire. But also, keep in mind, it, it's weird, because obviously that invites the idea of you only know as much about a person as, like, yeah. you're allowed to see. Right. Because by this time, he's always, he's all doing all these weird things, killing animals, doing all of this. But yes, he can convince he can, a woman to go on a date with him, even though he's not able to perform sexually. Right. Um, but, like, it just... Like, even though he started off in a rough place and maybe not everybody knew it at the time, it just will slowly disintegrate. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, while it didn't seem like many things actually bothered Richard, considering his lifelong dedication to torturing and killing animals, it did actually bother him that he was unable to keep an erection. He would ultimately see a psychiatrist at age 18 who told him that the root cause of his impotence was repressed anger. The psychiatrist also thought he might be suffering from a major mental illness, but did not make any suggestions to commit him. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> no. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Don't point at me. You're like, this is a domino effect. <laughs> I'm just taking notes on the reasons why. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any problems. Calm down. <laughs> Jim's ever acting like he's got some, I had some repressed before. anger. I've got some repressed anger issues. <clears throat> that usually makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah. Another reason Jim needs therapy. I do need yes. therapy. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a curl book at two, three weeks. Yeah. I do whiskey. <laughs> anyway, after high school, Richard had moved out of his parents' home and moved in with a revolving door of roommates who quickly grew tired of Richard's bizarre behaviors and drug use. One of these roommates would later recall how Richard had nailed his closet door shut because people were invading his space from in there. Oh. Yeah. Throughout 1973, Richard was also ever preoccupied with the idea that something was wrong with him. He once entered an emergency room looking for the person who had stolen his pulmonary artery. He also had complained that his bones were coming out through the back of his head, that his stomach was backwards, that his heart often stopped beating, and that his heart was shrinking along with made-up blood flow problems. Okay, I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I feel (laughs) so much better about my own. As much as I worry about everything, it's like I'm not... You're not that bad. I'm not nailing my closet door shut. You're not claiming people of take or taking a pulmonary artery. I I might text you and be like, Missy, I think my stomach's on backwards. (laughs) There's a difference between being a hypochondriac. No, this is still hypochondriac. It is, but there's a lot of red flags here. There's a lot of red flags. I'm a hypochondriac. She sure is. I'm also a hypochondriac, but you guys are worse than me. Yeah, and um, I would never hurt an animal. No, yeah, no, or another person. Yeah, but that's not. I mean, I mean I'm more I mean, likely that's to hurt a person. Than yeah, <laughs> that's just an evil person. But yeah, there's a lot of red flags. I mean, mental issues here. Yeah, yes. well, like you said, he had the McDonald's 
triad. Yeah, right. So. A neurologist stated that Richard Chase was suffering from a psychotic, or sorry, a psychiatric disturbance mm-hmm. of major proportions, and Chase was admitted to the psychiatric ward of a local hospital. Good. His mother removed him from the facility. Of oh, oh, good job, mom. Yeah. And his mom had these, like, delusions, yes. too. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard would continue to submerse himself into hypochondria and drug abuse. He lived with his now-divorced mother for a while, but believed he was being poisoned. His father would later make him move out and got him an apartment. Uh, Richard's idea of a housewarming party was killing and disemboweling rabbits and eating their entrails raw. Sometimes he would put the intestines with the animal's blood into a blender, liquefy them, and drink the concoction in effort to keep his heart from shrinking to the point of disappearing from his body. He also once injected rabbit blood into his veins, which made him very ill. The hell you say? Yeah. <laughs> he had believed the rabbit ingested battery acid and that had seeped into his stomach. But in fact, he actually just had a bad case of blood poisoning, you know, from injecting the rabbit blood. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Now, after his father found him in such a sickly state, Richard was committed as a schizophrenic suffering from somatic delusions. The doctors tried antipsychotic medications, which failed to work, indicating that his psychosis may have resulted from his drug abuse. Like, if this ever, if I ever start acting like this, y'all just lock me up. Like, I'm fine with that. Gross. This is on <laughs> This is on record, though. Now. Yeah. You do have it. <laughs> so you you know, I'm making it any better. <laughs> due to being a potential danger to others and showed up at his mother's house. He was returned to the hospital and ended up at an extended care facility for mental patients where he earned the nickname Dracula. He often spoke about killing rabbits and one day he was found with blood around his mouth while two dead birds with their necks broken lay outside of his window. Before the bird flew. Yeah. By this time, it was obvious that Richard was experiencing Renfield syndrome or clinical vampirism. What is it? I don't know, but I saw the movie. I literally just told you. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's when you drink blood. Clinical vampirism. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the movie Renfield. Yes, we did. Richard was later released from that facility after being deemed no longer a danger to himself or others with a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. That makes sense. Yeah. Richard then moved into another apartment. Sorry. <laughs> Richard. It's a dog. Richard then I mean, just here on out. I'm sorry. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Richard then moved into another apartment and began to catch and torture cats, dogs, and rabbits. He killed them to drink their blood. He would even steal neighborhood pets and once even called the family whose dog was missing to tell them exactly what he had done to the animal. Oh, God. He bought guns and started to practice with them around this time as well. Oh, my God. Now, although he was on psychiatric medication, he remained unsupervised. His mother weaned him from the medications herself, deciding that he did not really need them. And in 1977, the court awarded conservatorship 
had expired, and his parents did nothing to renew it, leaving Richard on his own. In 1977, Beatrice was greeted by Richard, her son, on her doorstep with a cat in hand. He offered it to her, ultimately destroying the animal and then smearing the blood on himself. His mother would not report the incident. Instead, she went back inside as if nothing had happened. Any idea why he, at that time, wanted to present a cat? I don't know. I saw on one article that it was actually her cat. Oh. But I don't have any way to confirm or deny that. He's been eating it for years now. Yes, he's been consuming animal blood. Yeah, so now he's showing... Cats bring grass to your door as a... As a present. Yeah. I also saw in that same article that mentioned it was her cat that he did that as a punishment because he wasn't allowed to come see her for Christmas. Uh, okay. So that would make some sort of sense as it was a revenge tactic. Yeah. Like, I can't see you for Christmas. I'm going to kill your cat yeah. in front of you. I wonder how much blood he was drinking because there's, so well, there's so much iron in blood, it can kill you. Look, all of this is like terrible. Yeah. I don't know how he lasted as long yeah. as he it's did. It's not good for you to yeah. drink blood. Which his free, unless you're smart. Which I mean, I was gonna say on like a mortal thought of whatever yeah, thought. Like yeah, is he saving the cats and drinking all of the blood? Is there like a refrigerator full for one week, or is it one time and done? Because you know, vampires in movies never really debate this idea that you're, you know, what, what we do in the shadows is kind of makes fun of it, of course. But mm-hmm. Do you suck on the blood for a week? Do you, is it a month? Is it one time when you're done? So I mean, it was a recurring thing, and whenever he would capture some kind of animal, animal or whatever, it would be for the most part he would consume it all at that right. point. Oh he would want it, and he then, would want it cold anyway. Cold would be like no, no, no. Uh, and then obviously like when he wanted to do it again, yeah. he would just get another yeah. animal. Well, if, you're, if, you're, if you're gonna get your sacrifice, if you view yourself as in taking in the body, you want to get all right, of right it. then. Yeah, or save it, whatever, or you just you need a certain amount and you're done. And so yeah, we're just what is there like a idea behind this vampire thing? Because it's you know you suck all the blood out of the, uh, out of the well, body. He wasn't a very logical thinking man. Right, <laughs> and we'll, been listening. We'll see. Even at the end point. of this, like you'll see where his his state of mind was just like there was there was not much logic in what he was saying right. or doing. Um, at least Catherine Knight tried to cook her, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that makes more yeah. sense to me. Um, uh, Richard's mother, Beatrice, also thought it would be a grand idea to help plan and finance an out-of-state trip for her son. In August, police officers found Richard's Ford Ranchero stuck in sand near Pyramid Lake in Nevada. Two rifles lay on the seat along with a pile of men's clothing. Blood smears were on the inside of the truck, and a blood-filled white plastic bucket containing a liver made them suspicious, as you can say. Um, When they spotted Richard through binoculars, he was nude and covered in blood. He saw them and ran, but they caught up with him and took him back to his pickup. He claimed that the blood was his and that it had seeped out of him. The liver, it turned out, was from a cow. He was arrested, but released with the U.S. Attorney's Office opting not to prosecute. Um, on December 29th, 1977, Ambrose Griffin, a 
51-year-old husband, father to an engineer, was helping his wife bring in groceries when he suddenly collapsed after his wife heard him yelling at someone or something. She initially thought it was a heart attack as she watched him drop to the ground in front of him, or sorry, in front of her. However, she would quickly learn that he was a victim of a drive-by shooting. The next day, a 12-year-old boy reported that a man with brown hair, seemingly in his mid-20s, had shot at him from a brown Pontiac Trans Am as he rode his bike. The boy was under was put under hypnosis and recalled a license plate number 219EEP. However, it led nowhere. Routine police work turned up a report from a woman who said that a shot had been fired into her home on December 27th. She lived only a few blocks from the Griffins. A search of her kitchen produced a 22 caliber slug, and it proved to have been fired from the same gun that had killed Ambrose Griffin. Um, at that point, all leads had dried up, though, for the police. Now, on January 11th, 1978, so this is, like, a very short period, um, Don Larson had a strange encounter with Richard. During the six months that they had been neighbors in the same East Sacramento apartment complex, she had seen him carry three animals into his apartment, which was against the rules, but she had never seen those animals again. She thought it was odd, but worried that he was lonely. He asked her for a cigarette. She gave him one, but he stopped her from walking away. When she gave him the rest of the pack, he let her go. And then nearly two two weeks later, on the 23rd, Jean Layton spotted an unkempt young man with longish hair strolling towards her. She watched as he tried her patio door, found it locked, went to the windows. They, too, were locked. So he came back to the door. Mrs. Layton met him there face to face. He showed no emotion whatsoever as he scrutinized her. Then he turned, paused to light a cigarette, and walked through her backyard. Down the street, Robert and Barbara Edwards were bringing in their groceries into the house when they heard a noise inside. Whoever was in there had apparently heard them and started to run. They heard a window slam at the back of the house, and then oddly, a disheveled young man came around the corner towards them. Though Robert tried to stop him, he sprinted past him and got to the street. Robert gave chase, but lost him when he jumped a fence. Uh, When the police arrived, they found the house in shambles, with theft of valuables, um, as being the obvious motive. However, he had also urinated on a drawer of freshly freshly laundered baby's clothing and had defecated on a child's bed. The intruder kept going, veering off his path here and there to walk across the front porches of random houses. Now, that's all all our boy Richard, obviously. And at this point, he's just blowing through these neighborhoods like, you know, a few weeks earlier, he had shot, literally killed a man, shot at other people. They didn't die. The police had no idea who it was. And now he's just going seemingly door to door. Trying to hide it. Yeah, he's just going door to door being like, can I get in here? Can I get in here? You know. Can I take a shit on your kid's bed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's so random. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's no pattern. That's, he is still to this day like on like when it comes to FBI profiling he is the poster child for like a disorganized killer like that that is who they use for reference I believe that yeah 
And speaking of the FBI, um, FBI agent Robert Ressler, one of our forefathers of criminal profiling, once asked Richard how he selected his victims. He said that he went down the streets testing doors to find ones that were unlocked. And he said if the door was locked, he said that means you're not welcome. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, this is where we get back to the fate of Teresa Wallen. So, this was around that same time when he's kind of going door to door and he's just on his tirade. When Richard stumbled across the Wallen home, he found the door unlocked. Before entering, he deposited a 22 caliber bullet in the mailbox. After entering, he encountered Teresa as she was taking out the garbage. Upon seeing him, she dropped the garbage bag and he raised his arm and shot her twice. One bullet entered her palm as she held up her hand defensively and traveled up her arm to exit out her elbow and nick her neck. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus. The other, yeah. All the way down her Jeez. arm? Yeah. That's funny, too, high power. Yeah, but it's just high velocity. Yeah. yeah. A little bullet, but it's very, very high velocity. But yeah, just tears. Yeah. The other bullet went through the top of top part of her skull. She fell, and Richard then knelt over her and fired another bullet into her temple. Mm. He then dragged her into the bedroom, leaving a trail of blood. Whenever Teresa's husband, David, made it home that evening, he found the house dark with the stereo on. Upon entering, he saw their German shepherd waiting inside. However, his wife was nowhere to be found. A bag of trash and what appeared to be oil stains on the carpet troubled him. He followed the stains to the bedroom and then he began to scream. I uh, could only imagine. Yeah. And um, just FYI, none of this is easy to hear, read, uh, or know. So I apologize. Um, but his wife lay inside just the door on her back. Her sweater was pulled up over her breasts and her pants and underwear were down around her ankles. Her knees were splayed open in the position of sexual assault. Her left nipple was carved off. Oh, her oh. torso cut open below the sternum, and her spleen and intestines were pulled out. <gasps> Richard had stabbed her repeatedly in the lung, liver, diaphragm, and left breast. He had also cut out her kidneys and severed her pancreas in two. He placed the kidneys together back inside her. <gasps> There was blood in the bathroom, and it was later learned that Richard had smeared Teresa's blood all over his face and hands, licking it off his fingers. A discarded yogurt container, which was taken from the trash bag Teresa had intended on taking out, was found near her body, blood-stained, as if he had used it to drink her blood. He's just unhinged, like, fully. Here you go. Before leaving... Richard collected dog feces from the yard and returned to place them in Teresa's mouth and throat. <gasps> oh, oh my god. god. Oh. Yeah. And Teresa was three months pregnant at the time <sighs> with a little boy she and David had planned on naming Dane. And Dane would have been the first child for each. That's terrible. Okay, I gotta have a refill. <laughs> I think we all need a refill. <laughs> so it doesn't get much easier. So oh, That's horrible. Yeah. I don't know how I've never heard of this person. I thought I had, when you said, you know, don't look up stuff, but this is the case that I'm doing. I thought this was a fully different episode. Oh. And I am not familiar with this. I, I mean, this was. Similar. There's something. But I, it's not this one that I'm uh, Yeah. Because I've heard of the 
checking the door should be locked, and if it's locked, it's a sign not to. Yeah, I've heard that them. from from other yeah. killers. Like, like yeah. you said about the dogs, because mm-hmm. the dogs will you know notify you. Right. You know, how we know people are in the yard way before just oh, yeah. the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally like this story stayed with me so much that like it was just one of those ones that popped up in my head to do like when I didn't have like another suggestion or something else like on my mind mm-hmm. and I had only listened to it on the last podcast in life I didn't do like any really other outside research and so like diving back into it like I remember all of these things like vaguely mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's just like it's just such a story that sticks with you because it's so just it's uncomprehendable, really. It really, everything is. that's happening, like how how does all of this happen? Like how is somebody like so unhinged that they're like doing all of these? That, I mean, that is somebody with so many problems that we can't even yeah. comprehend it. It's not just like a that? like that. I don't think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Mel yeah, said, it's so disorganized. It's not it's like so... a Bundy who's killing right. for sexual stuff right. alone and. He's you know getting off on the fact yeah. that like he's luring all these women into these scenarios or whatever. It's literally like there's well, it no logic to well, it. Well, the vampirism. It's he was diagnosed as a whatever. Okay, called. that's a very small part of this though. No, but it's not like. because he's literally they found the yoga cup where he's drinking. He is a right. thing. But everything. Yeah, else but what about the rest of it? What about the dog shit? He's cutting mm-hmm. it out. It's like a yeah. child playing with their food at a restaurant. Well, and it's also it's just, like how do you? How do you rationalize mental illness as mm. far as, you know, when you have somebody that has those types of, of issues, there is nothing that you can do to rationalize. Right. Yeah, I guess if you have a normal person, you can't understand. Yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll never be able to wrap your mind around. Yeah, because like the drink and the blood thing I get if you think you're a vampire. Right. Yeah. That part makes sense to me, but going out and getting the dog right. shit. Right. I yeah. mean, because there are people literally that and, have rental to Shenzhen think they're vampires that like drink on people's blood like who voluntarily right. do yeah. it. And like and they don't that's kill that's that a person. Thing. Right. Yeah. But they don't go around killing people. Exactly. And, right. And cutting them open mm-hmm. and sorting through their you know organs like a damn mm-hmm. operation gang. It's, it's, it is. It's <laughs> just this is somebody's mind that this is why you know it's so hard just to like find like an antidepressant or an anxiety medication Mm -hmm. that works specifically for you because like you can't diagnose mental illness like you can forms of cancer or diabetes or other illnesses this is something that we just we don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. to fully understand unless and even if you're in that kind of mind, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, mm. it's a lot. That's why there that's is the, um, the, when they plead guilty, because they're mentally no, insane. Right. You know? I mean, well, you can't be, you can't be held accountable when you are, when you are clinically, mm-hmm. Well, this guy's got to be the Out poster child for clinically insane. Yeah, we'll, so we'll get to the trial. Yeah, we'll get to the trial. That's, if, if that's the case, then it's an entirely separate course. Because um, he's doing it alone. But how do you, if, if, if you can plead insanity, really. how do you, 
how you treat it. Then. You, they go to a hospital yeah. forever. There's no one who's really kicked out of a hospital. It will be a it's it different. will be a state mental institution, right. and he will never be allowed it's, to set foot. It's like a prison sentence. Yes. It right, is a it is a prison sentence. It is, that's why but they're getting treatment yeah. instead of just being thrown in. Imagine a prison the people cell. that let him go. Right, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, for one, probably not paying much attention. Because right. there should have been some red flags. Yeah. But, you know, there are people, which is the 70s, they're all retired by now, but, you know, five years later, imagine if I work in a place like that, it's like, hey, Bob, you know, does Dahmer work? Or do you work with Dahmer? It's like, yeah, we have the Ambrosia chocolate <laughs> factory. You know, I mean, it just, it makes you wonder the people that, um, I know I've done some with it, you know, I think I did one there a couple weeks ago where they, you know, they put him in the place, told him he was fine, mm-hmm. sent him back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, a person who signs a doctor that signs that, mm-hmm. you know, well, is either incompetent or just... Sometimes criminals are just that good at convincing right. Right. No, but no, but if they're... He, if they're, he was he not a Kemper. Right. But yeah. if they're that good at convincing, then they're not insane. Right, right. That's the mm-hmm. difference. If that is true. This guy's fucking nuts. He, yeah. You know, compared to like my people or the you know, that one I did, he's smart enough to know what he's right, doing is crazy right. and to make it to fake it. Like my mom, mm-hmm. you know, when she, I mean, she didn't kill anybody, I mean, no, but um, <laughs> they would stick her in those places. And I think it was 72 hours. They had to let her yeah. right. go because she sobered up. Right. She's a normal person. She's just strong, you know. This guy has um, no idea what he's doing. No, I think this guy's fully out of touch with reality. Well, we'll get back to that. Uh, like, I that's hope a whole so. Thing. Don't tell me just to. No, I'm not going to be like at the end. He killed 73 people. We don't know where he is. He could yeah. be at your back door. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. Yeah. We'll it's get unlocked. It's unlocked. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Man, God, help us. Anyways. Now, uh, two days after yeah. Teresa was murdered, Richard purchased two puppies from a nearby neighbor. <laughs> He later killed them both, drank their blood, and then discarded them in the on the lawn of a home close to the wall. On January 27th, 38-year-old Evelyn Marothe was at her home, which was only a mile away from the Wallen home, babysitting her nephew, who was 20 months old at the time. Her 51-year-old friend, Dan Meredith, was also present, along with Evelyn's 6-year-old son, Jason who was scheduled to go over to a friend of Evelyn's house. However, when Jason failed to arrive, the friend sent her daughter to check on him. The little girl saw movement inside from the front window and then returned to her mother to tell her that no one had answered the door. Neighbors grew worried and one finally entered the house and uncovered what had happened that morning. Dan Meredith was found in the hallway in a pool of blood with a gunshot wound to his head. Evelyn was found naked on the bed in her room with her legs also splayed open. There was a gunshot wound to her head as well, and her intestines, or sorry, and her abdomen had been cut open with her intestines pulled out. Two carving knives lay nearby covered in blood. The nearby bathroom had bloody water in the tub, and it appeared that Evelyn had been taking a bath whenever she was surprised by the killer. He then dragged her to the bed, sodomized her, stabbed her through the anus, into her uterus at Uh, least six times, made several slices Uh, across her neck, and tried to cut out an eye. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Bloody ringlets on the carpet by Evelyn's body indicated that he had once again used some kind of container to collect blood to drink, which he had stabbed at several internal organs as well, which the coroner later noted would facilitate in getting blood into the abdomen. Inside Evelyn's rectum was a large amount of semen. On on the other side of the bed, Jason's body was found. He had been shot twice in the head at close range. Dan Meredith's red station wagon was missing from the front of the house where neighbors had seen it parked that morning. And when Karen Ferreira arrived seeking the whereabouts of her son, David, who Evelyn was babysitting, nobody had seen him. However, a pillow had that had been in the crib was found with a bullet hole in it, oh. and there was a lot of blood. Yeah. Investigators later found out that Richard had mutilated the baby's body in the bathroom, oh. opening the head and spilling pieces of the brain into the tub. It's oh. assumed that the little neighbor girl's knock on the door interrupted him, leading him to flee with the body. While police looked for him, he ended up taking the baby to his home, where he severed sorry, where he severed his head. He then removed several organs and consumed them. So, like I said, I apologize. That's all. This is the craziest case I have ever heard. It's it's all bad. It's just. <clears throat> it's just. I had no idea. It and almost that, sounds too bad. It's like it's almost fake. It's right. Horrible. It's and and that was the part that I was talking about earlier. That I was like, when I got yeah. to that part, I was like, I can't deal with this right oh, now, gosh, and I put just, it off for two yeah. weeks. And it's not any easier retelling it, so I apologize. Um, and I obviously apologize to, like, everybody involved, because that's terrible. It's just terrible. Um, but Dan's station wagon was found not far from the murder scene with the keys still inside. Richard had abandoned the car only about 100 yards from his apartment. Richard thought he had gotten away with the murders. However, unbeknownst to him, the police were closing in. The FBI were also on the case. Robert Ressler, who was credited with coining the term serial killer, and Russ Barpagel developed a profile of who police should be looking for. The profile stated that the unsub was a disorganized killer, with some clues pointing to the possibility of psychosis. They figured him to be a paranoid white male in his mid-twenties, thin and undernourished, they had also mentioned that he would either have a history of mental illness, drug use, or both, and that he would be a loner. And as you can imagine, all of that did apply to Richard. Mm-hmm. So it's the profiling thing still blows my mind. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to me. Especially the whole, like, when you think about it, like, the malnourished thing makes sense because his head is focused on other things mm-hmm. and not, like, the eating. But as somebody even being interested in that, I feel like I'd never come... Yeah. Think of something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's so impressive. It's, it is. It's very impressive. <clears throat> Anybody that deals with that, like, kudos, because that's amazing. Um, but when the area was being canvassed for questioning, many people mentioned seeing a white male driving a red station wagon. The police artist attempted to make a sketch. However, a few of the descriptions were helpful until a young woman named Nancy Holden had told police about an odd encounter she had. On the same day that Robert Edwards had chased Richard away from his home, Nancy was shopping not far from the Wallen residence when she saw a strange man approach her, appearing to be confused. Nancy had tried to avoid him, however, he asked her a question, which was, were you on the motorcycle when Kurt was killed? 
This caught Nancy off guard as 10 years earlier she had dated a man named Kurt who had been killed on a motorcycle. Nancy said then she realized there was something vaguely familiar about this strange man, so she asked him his name. He replied, Rick Chase. Nancy was very taken aback by this, as the man she knew as Rick Chase looked nothing like the man she saw before her now. She knew Rick as a clean-cut guy from high school. She had heard he had gotten into drugs and saw now that those rumors were true. He was disheveled and agitated and made her very nervous. She was able to get away from him as he was paying for something in the store, but he followed her into the parking lot intent on getting a ride. Nancy managed to get into the car, roll up the windows, lock the doors, and pull out before he could stop her. She knew she was being rude, but she felt she had to get away. And I'd Smart say, lady. yes, that her, her intuitions said, yeah. her instincts were solid here yeah. for sure. And I also think it's worth noting that as a woman, it's okay to prioritize your safety over politeness. Absolutely. Not to get on a soapbox, but it's a never ending issue where women are expected to be pawns and not players, but you control your story and what happens, not anyone else, man or woman. Amen. So, back to our story. Um, when Nancy told the police of her encounter with Richard, they showed her the sketch and she told them that she was sure that he was the man that they were looking for. Police were also able to confirm that there was a twenty-two caliber semi-automatic handgun registered to Richard, which he had bought in December 1977, just before the murders, and then bought ammunition for in January 1978. Police then, then ran a background check on Richard and uncovered his history of mental illness, concealed weapons charge, series of minor drug busts, and his Nevada arrest. They also found his address and went out that afternoon to check it out. One day after the triple homicide and five days after the Wallen murder. After speaking with the apartment manager, they learned that Richard's mother paid his rent and that she also felt he was a victim of LSD abuse. They also learned that Richard refused to let his mother in the apartment, and I'm sure you can only imagine why. <laughs> so, um, the detectives then went to Richard's apartment, and despite knocking repeatedly, Richard would not open the door. The police then pretended they were going to leave and simply waited. Richard then exited the apartment with a box in his arms and made his way to a car. The detectives then apprehended him, but Richard gave them a struggle in doing so. They noticed that Richard was wearing an orange parka with dark stains on it, and his shoes appeared to be covered in blood. The handgun was then taken from him, which had also had blood stains on it. They then found Dan Meredith's wallet in Richard's back pocket, along with a pair of latex gloves. The box he was carrying had pieces of blood-stained paper and rags. They took Richard to the station and tried to get him to confess. He admitted he killed several dogs, but resisted talking about the murders. While he was being interrogated, investigators searched the apartment looking for clues about the missing baby. What they found is nothing short of horrifying. His apartment was described as putrid smelling and nearly everything stained in blood, including food and drinking glasses. In the kitchen, they found several small pieces of bone and mm. some dishes in the refrigerator with body parts. Jeez. One container held human brain tissue. Ugh. An electric blender was also badly stained and smelled of rot. Ugh. There were three cat collars found, but no animals. 
A science book was found on the table displaying information on human organs, along with newspapers on which ads selling dogs were circled. A calendar showed the inscription today on the dates of the Wallen and LaRoe murders, along with 44 more dates yet to come that year. Oh, he was going to be busy. He is not. Yeah. He's not as insane. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, see, you're picking up on it. So, I mean, there's obviously issues. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's unhit, but it's But there are those little things that, like, would poke a hole in, like, uh, complete insanity. That he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He knows to the fact that he's he's not. He's planning. He's got latex gloves. He's got latex gloves. He's not telling the cops that he... Yeah, when the police are there, he's like, oh, something's up. I'm not going to answer the door. Yeah. There's there's still some cognizance in there where he's... Yeah. He knows right from wrong. Yeah. Um, police officers continued to search for the baby using a bloodhound. They also went to Richard's mother, who was uncooperative with the search. She insisted that despite all the evidence, it did not prove her son had done anything. God, and those mothers, they're just like... Yeah, she's a piece of work. Um, Imagine hearing that about your child, dude. Oh, no. don't defend her yet. Don't defend her yet. I'm not saying she's not a piece of shit. Yeah, no, no. If somebody comes and told you something like that, you would be, you would be shocked. I would be mortified. And and horrified. But, and you would be in disbelief, but you wouldn't react that way. You You would would be be looking for a 20 month old baby. You would. Oh, 100%. I'm just saying, I would be saying, you know, my son or daughter could not have done this. But that has his whole life. She's been. Yeah, I mean, she, she. You she never saw your kid you saw like her. disembowel a cat in front of you. Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah, and ignored it. Yeah, and and undone everything that they did when he was impatient for yeah. treatment. Yeah. Right. She weaned him off his If this was the first time she'd ever heard it, I fully agree and think right. yeah, if somebody came to me and said Jillian had done X, Y, and Z, I'd be like. There's no, no way. There's no right. way. Yeah. Like, you guys but are you haven't been watching her do it for the last 20 years. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> now, while Richard never confessed to the police before his lawyer was appointed, he did confess to an inmate that he had drank the blood of his victims as he stated he had blood poisoning and had grown tired of hunting and killing animals. Almost two months after the baby went missing... His remains were located in a box by a church janitor who called the police. When they arrived to investigate further, they recognized the clothing. They found that the baby had been decapitated, and the head was laying underneath the torso, which was partially mummified. It appeared that the baby had also been shot in the head. There were also several stab wounds and broken ribs. Dan Meredith's keys were also found underneath the body. So, so hopefully, 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 the shots to the head were the yeah, first Yeah, that was in things. the cribs. That was in the yeah. cribs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I mean, yeah. it was not. These people were There is not, nothing good about any of these stories, no. any of these murders, any no, of these attacks. But you would just. But he did. He he was a first and foremost. He was, he was shooting them. He killed them. Right. Right. Yeah. Before yeah. he started the mutilation. So that hopefully... They didn't have to endure the rest of that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's just bad. So, the, um, was the box placed in a church? Yeah. 
yeah. church garbage dump or something. I don't know. See, it, it didn't leave a lot of details about where the, the janitor Imagine found coming it. across that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be there for two months, like, it had to be somewhere. To be almost mummified, you said. Yeah. I had to be somewhere couldn't tell obscure. What it yeah. Or, I don't know. But it's Do just. That's rough. I need more wine or whiskey, rather. <laughs> this is horrible, Melinda. I, I told I've you. I read some horrible shit. I told you this it was a, bad. I th- I think you win. Yeah. Well, the Sylvia Lincoln one still bothers me a little bit. Yeah. The, the Sylvia Lincoln's is terrible. But it's but, it's one person and yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. And this guy has it, affected so many families. Yeah. They're all terrible, but this is just. It's just like horrible. you said, it's one like it's life is too many. It's almost, it's almost yeah. like it's so yeah. extravagantly. Extravagance is, is, is so over the top. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's what it's makes like it baffling. You, when you watch a horror movie and they pull some like really ridiculous sadistic shit and you're like, who would this do shit? that shit? Yeah. yeah. Well, like That's what this case is. Right. It's yeah. like when you watch this movie and you're like, you're trapped 47 meters down. And you just can't get out. Stop and it, it goes on. And you're just like, <laughs> come on now. They'd have to have rescued them by now. They can't be keep suffering. And it just goes on. And Do you not remember that movie? They did an hour and a half later. Because it was not like. Well, no, because yeah, for the first hour, you're like, oh, wait, they're alive. And you see them dreaming. Oh, <laughs> so you didn't like the 47 meters down. I, I, I hate that movie. <laughs> it's just, it was a panic attack for two hours. Oh, oh my God. And the one girl starts hallucinating, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And she's yeah. alive. And you're like, oh my god, she survived. No, no, no she's dead. She's fucking dead. It was she, she, she's dead. Yeah. yeah. I hate when they do that shit. I know. When it's like the like. They give you that hole. Yeah. They did that in that. But space the uh, reason I hate it is because, like, yes! They yeah. did that with Gravity with. Uh, yeah. Oh, was that uh, yeah, that yeah was Gravity with, with uh, Sandra Bullock and. The other guy. Uh, You're a good looking dude. George Clooney. Yeah. He came back. I hate that because I'm like, oh my god! And then I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why did I believe that? I thought the same thing. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. The whole time movie made us because anyway. But anyway. Oh, Interstellar was the the Ryan Reynolds. uh, I was thinking that same thing. That one where Ryan Reynolds' wife. No, the shark movie's wife did. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the uh, the shallows. The shallows. Yeah, that yeah. was good. I liked it. Yeah, I know. Thinking of the one that life one where Ryan Reynolds' life and Jake Gyllenhaal's life. Yeah, mm. and at the end, because Ryan gets killed really early on, and then Jake and that girl like they do rock paper scissors or something, and she's supposed to go home in the pod. And he's supposed to be ejected into space with the thing, but it gets fucked up, and he ends up on Earth <coughs> with the thing uh-huh. trapped. Spoiler alert! Whoops. <laughs> That's an old movie. Yeah, it's I know. I don't. I, I thought I had seen it, but I don't think I, I have. Yeah. I watched it one night. It, I don't remember. I must have you fell asleep. We saw it on Christmas once. No, I, I didn't see that movie. We spent Christmas a long, long time. Yeah, it's Jewish and you don't have family around your kids. <laughs> you get 12 days of Christmas, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> my it's shitty not ass Christmas. schedule. Yeah, but my shitty ass schedule, we'd hit one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up fucking missing Christmas because of my work. Uh, if I was Jewish, I'd hit probably two or three. <laughs> Change your religion, I guess. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. 
They're accepting new members. <laughs> Hi, dear. I caught that hat upstairs kind of similar. Oh, my lord. Is y'all like No, he does not have a That's hat. That's a scally like a cap. Yeah. That's not uh, look anywhere the, near a yarmulke. You know, like the, the hat they wear in the... No, the yarmulke. Oh my goodness. So are you guys ready to get into the trial? No. Oh, is he finally done killing? I know Yes! You. Thank God. Yes! <laughs> yeah, he's arrested. I know. Well, shit, that doesn't matter. Uh, I've had that true. guy get arrested 12 times when I Alaska. Yeah, yeah. He just kept hunting women, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Alright. So, now we'll get into the trial. The lead prosecutor intended to seek the death penalty. At least. Yeah. And the defense entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. There we go. However, the lead prosecutor, Ronald W. Tochterman, Tochterman? I'm sorry, I'm not great with that name. Talk-terman. But I wanted to give you a mention because you're a pretty cool dude in this story. But um, he was determined to show that Richard knew the difference between right and wrong and that he was not compelled to murder. His strategy included reading up on the legends of Dracula, blood-related crimes, and blood rituals in various cultures, noting while some people believed that ingesting another person's blood would strengthen or heal them, it was not a viable reason for murder. Over a dozen psychiatrists examined Richard, and he even admitted to one that he was disturbed about the killings and feared that the victims might come for him from the dead. That's where you were involved. <laughs> yes. Um, there were never there was never any evidence that suggested he had ever felt compelled for the killings. Instead, it suggested that he simply found the blood to be therapeutic. One psychiatrist found him to be an antisocial personality rather than schizophrenic noting that his thought processes were not disrupted and that he was aware of what he had done and that it was wrong. That makes a lot of sense to me. Based on the conversation that we've already had where initially we're sitting here going, oh, he has no clue mm-hmm. what he's doing, but now we're like, but he does. Yeah. That switch in diagnosis makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, it does. Um, and then on January 2nd, 1979, the trial began. And Richard had been charged with six counts of murder. The prosecutor emphasized throughout the trial that Richard had a choice and mentioned several times that he had brought latex gloves to each of the victim's homes with the intent of murder. The first witness in the trial, which lasted four months, was David Wallen, who had to describe the scene of horror that he found when coming home to his wife. Nearly a hundred more witnesses followed him. David said throughout the trial, Richard routinely refused to make eye contact with him, describing him as just gone like a comatose stoner. However, David also shared a verbal altercation that he had had with Richard's mother. One day, she had turned to him and seekingly asked, why didn't your dog protect you? David was stunned and retorted, why didn't you protect us, you sick individual? You raised that. You raised that. He has more, he has more cooth about him than I would have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. I'd have tore into her 
and I would have been arrested. Like we were talking about earlier, there's oh, absolutely no Mother of the Year awards for she, her. Not only well, did she enable him by ignoring all the red flags in the playbook, but she also can't even own up to her own misgivings and would rather blame yeah. a dog for not stopping a murder instead of That's blaming insane. her son yeah. and herself for preventing the murder. Going to stop place. the murder when he is as a prolific animal killer. Right. But he didn't kill the dog. He didn't He'd... kill this one for whatever yeah, reason. No. That's wild. It is. Yeah. Um, Richard even took the stand in his own defense. And at the time, he looked even worse than before as he had dropped to 107 pounds. His eyes were reported to be sunken and lusterless. He had claimed to be semi-conscious during the Wallen murder and admitted to drinking her blood. He stated he didn't recall much about the second series of murders, but admitted he had shot the baby and decapitated it. He also stated he thought the baby was something else, but did not elaborate as to what. He thought that his problems had stemmed from the inability to have sex with girls as a teenager, and said he was sorry for the killings. The defense had asked for a verdict of second-degree murder to spare Richard the death penalty, citing his insanity and the fact that he had never been given proper help. However, the lead prosecutor argued that he was a sexual sadist, a monster who knew what he was doing and who could not be salvaged. On May 8, 1978, after five hours of deliberation, the jury returned a verdict of six counts of first-degree murder. During the sanity phase of the trial, the jury also found Richard legally sane after deliberating an hour. It took them four more hours to decide that Richard should die in the gas chamber at San Quentin. Yeah, here's where we get into more fun stuff here. Oh, so, so it took four hours. <clears throat> yeah. well, there's, well, that's good. That's I mean, really yeah, good. no, that's yeah. a very short. Yeah, it is very short. Um, I think it's impressive though that they they things like this is horrible. I mean, we're only hearing a snippet of what mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they these got people to see had exactly yeah, four I mean, months, four months of testimony, all of the evidence, stuff that these these people mm-hmm. were watching and listening yeah. to. That's traumatizing. The fact that it. What did you say? The other one took five hours. Six hours. Yeah, five hours. Yeah. I mean, they've that got five to, hours. That literally has to be yeah. just going through a checklist. Well, they have to, and they have to have to address each count. I mean, can have you to imagine being in yeah. the, the jury? Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you, you, don't, you don't always want to recuse yourself, or for the word? Recuse. 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 Yeah. yeah. I can't say that. So, Because it's just horrible. That's where Charlie Manson and Scott Peterson are, aren't they? believe so, yeah. Well, well so Charlie's still there. Charlie's dead, technically. We'll get there. Uh, technically. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, technically. Let's skip to the end I'm there, sorry. girl. Everybody who goes to see Quentin, I have no well, faith in actually, <laughs> actually, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Scott Peterson's on his own. No. <laughs> I know the poor best. God, I can't <laughs> wait to December because we got to fight that one out. I have a whole list of reasons that I've found that can prove that he's not guilty. Same. Uh, you know, you guys are in Same. We need anyway, a mock jury. We gotta work on our list. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do. So back to the the fun stuff, and it's not it's not bad, but it's just like anyway. So while interviewing killers all over the country, FBI profilers visited Richard Chase, Robert Ressler, and recounted his time with Richard in his book Whoever Fights Monsters. He describes how Richard had believed in 1976 that his blood was turning to powder and how to him that meant he needed blood from other creatures to replenish it and how despite protests from some of the staff, um, 
when he was locked up in the the mental facilities, um, stating he was dangerous. Psychiat or sorry, the psychiatrist had released him. Um, uh, Richard had told the FBI profilers that he had to kill to preserve his own life, and he was developing an appeal based on that. He then mentioned soap dish poisoning. Wrestler, exactly. Wrestler then asked him what that was, and Richard told him that everyone has a soap dish, and if you lift the soap and find underneath it's dry, then you're fine. However, if it's gooey, then you have soap poisoning, which turns your blood to powder. The powder then depletes your energy and eats away. We all have soap dish poison. If anybody washes their fucking hands, it's gooey. Especially if we've got that little mat that it sits yeah. in, yeah. and for some reason it turns the bottom to liquid soap, you know? Yeah. So our blood is now Wet hands over to the soap, yeah. uh, wet hands yeah. back on the Because I clean it out about once a week. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, more often than that. Dude, this is for Joel. This is getting oh, wild. No. I'm sorry, Joel. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, okay. Richard had also told them that he was Jewish, which he was not. And that he had been persecuted by the Nazis because he had a star of David oh, on his God. forehead, which he did not. He continued to say that the Nazis were connected to UFOs, which had telepathically commanded him to kill to replenish his blood. The UFOs then followed him around, and the FBI should be able to pinpoint them by putting a radar on him. Well, that part might be true. <laughs> <laughs> he then shoved a cup of partly filled macaroni and cheese at Wrestler and said he wanted it analyzed for poison. Oh, my so, God. part of this, he, he is, to me, it seems like he's showing his intelligence. He's changing his story to fit... Whatever he feels is a good yeah. engine defense yeah. mechanism. Yeah. This yeah. didn't work. Right. Here's I mean, next you can, right. next like, if this is fresh, you know, out of the trial. Because, I mean, from, from, from whenever he started all these killings and everything to whenever he's in the trial, it's a short period. Right. So, you can think this is pretty fresh off the trial. He just learned that he was convicted as being legally sane because he, you know... Showed forethought and and wasn't He's you know trying to double down for his appeal. Or so maybe, yeah. Yeah. which means you're because he he literally it. sits there and he tells Rester that he's trying to appeal and then he's uh-huh. like soap dish poisoning UFOs Nazis like all this other stuff that just makes no sense. Just throw right. what everything right. in yeah. the yeah. yeah. what sticks. Yeah. 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 Um. But Ressler had also learned that the other inmates taunted Richard and urged him to kill himself and that they wanted him nowhere near them. Wrestler, along with the prison mental health professionals, thought he should be moved to a psychiatric hospital. He was sent to one for a short time. However, he soon returned to San Quentin. So, like, I mean, there's no excusing anything this guy did. But, like, when you bring in, like, the whole idea of, like, the mental health issues and stuff, wherever he falls on that spectrum... Mm -hmm. He was never given any help. No. Yeah. And that's he a definitely dis- had... Well, but that's the, that's the problem, though, is because he's so... And maybe, maybe it was mental health. I don't have any idea. Mm-hmm. But when you're throwing so much shit at the wall to get anything to stick... Yeah. Is it mental health? Or are you just throwing shit at the wall to yeah. get something like, to stick? Like, there has to be something wrong with him in general to do the shit that oh, yeah. he did. Right. But insanity... But not he's not knowing. insane. Right. right. He knew... <clears throat> Because he knew enough to know that I need to throw shit at the wall. Yeah, yeah yes. I just I'm making, I, I need to. Oh, the police were here. I need to get rid of mm-hmm. this box of right. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know anything yeah. that he could think he of. Just, to, he rides that line. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's just it's interesting. Um, 
But on December 26, 1980, one day short of the third anniversary of the killing spree, a guard looked in on Richard Chase, who was lying on his back in his bunk, breathing warmly. He did not return the guard's greeting, which wasn't unusual. When the guard made his second round to check on Richard, he found him on his stomach, both legs extended off his bunk, and his feet on the floor. His head was against the mattress, and his arms were extended towards the pillow. The guard called out to Richard, who failed to move. When he entered the cell and pulled Richard off the bed, it was clear to him that the vampire of Sacramento was dead. The coroner was called in and found a strange suicide note which mentioned taking some pills. Richard had been taking doses of medication for hallucinations and depression, which came to his cell daily in a package of three pills. He had been hoarding the pills and then overdosed. The cause of death was toxic ingestion, and in autopsy, his heart was found to be normal and in good shape, despite his lifelong concerns. Wow. Yeah. So, all that shit was definitely in his head. Goodness. Wow. Saves us money. I'm good for it. So no, he's no longer in San Quentin. <laughs> but not because California did anything about it. They will never. Yeah, they will never. Uh, real quick though, I want to list my my sources, and I have three main ones here. One was uh, good old fashioned Murderpedia, which a lot of that information came from. There was also a Sun.uk article, which was specifically about David Wallen recounting, you know, finding his wife that day. Um, and then he also details the conversation that he had with Richard's mother. And then there was also a article on the crimewire.com. So good. Thank you, sources. Thank you, people, for listening. And I'm sorry to give you all this information. That was just a horrible, <laughs> horrible story. It's the worst. Story I know, I've I ever told heard. you. Yeah, that was something. Why did you think I wanted to get it out and done? You did yeah, say that done. several times. Yeah. Um, so are you going to do something more lighthearted next time? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> this, like I said, it was just a weird one that kind of kept popping yeah. up. That, like, because the first, you know, couple that I did are more not lighthearted because it's still, you know, a lot of murder and a lot of crime mm-hmm. and stuff. But they were like lesser known, and I guess they were easier to like throw a joke in here or there. Right. This, there's nothing. No, there's no joke. You know, it's honest. terrible when I didn't say much. Exactly. Because <laughs> I couldn't. I'm like, okay, no, no. This yeah. isn't going to be funny. No. Like, oh, no, 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 not funny. This is just horrible. I'm just going to sit yeah. here and solve. This is the first one that I've done that I couldn't bring out freaking Matilda's dad, and I'm sad about it. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. I know. It's terrible, this is... That was a very, very hard one to get through, for sure. Yeah. But I can see why it stuck with you. Like, this it's is... Here, it's going to stick with me yeah. forever now. We're all now scarred. So, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to think that, like I said, like we said earlier, imagine what they showed and heard in the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. It would be horrible. I mean, just... I mean, I did not... I never go looking for crime scene photos. Mm-hmm. I used to years ago. I... That no, bothers me. As we talked before, when I accidentally found Jeffrey Dahmer's crime scene photos, like... Mm-mm. I never wanted any more after that because I still I freaking drove past there yeah, was a deer see that stuff. no there no, was a deer on the, the side of the road that like animals had gotten to it you could see 
into his like yeah. you know cavity like his mm-hmm. abdominal cavity and then I immediately the first thing that came to mind was that poor guy in Dahmer's bathtub with his rib cage just mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. you don't yeah you no, can't you, unsee you it you can't unsee it there has been a few things I've looked at that I would 100% go back and not look at yeah mm-hmm. you know just because I was interested and I just thought it was creepy mm-hmm. and crazy and didn't know half of it was real and yeah. um, but I've seen some stuff uh, that I wish I could unsee. All right, that's like I mean, the thing with writing, of course, is there's not safe for work and there's not safe for life. And the not safe for work stuff is fun to look at and weird. Right. And if this is not safe for life, NSFL, right. just don't even click on it because yeah. See, one it, of the things that struck with me, I learned um, something. I don't get on Reddit very often, so now I know to avoid that. Yeah, and see, I've looked at a few of those not safe for <laughs> for life stuff. That most of the stuff that's not safe for work is just a bunch it's just, of hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is funny. It's whatever. Or it's funny and stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I tend to not look at the safe for life stuff just because you're I don't just, want to have that dumb look. Yeah. You know, I don't want that stuck with me. You're just, my life. Can't, you can't forget it. You yeah. can forget hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showgirl in Vegas. You remember that? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Is that why you're always asking to see what I am? Did you forget that? I mean, you can see <laughs> all of yeah, it's Probably it, yeah. It's pleasure. If it makes you feel better, I haven't forgotten yours. <laughs> the one. Probably never will. Yeah, you're, you're single one. Do you have Misty's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can find him in the dark. Yeah. You can pick him out. I'm pretty attuned. But it's just the way that you see some stuff just burns in your brain. Unless Adrian was in there and then it wouldn't be dark because hers is very white. Charm to it. I'm trying to lighten the mood because this was just horrible. Oh my god. That was an accident. I was drinking and it fell out. You know, hey, you were wearing the wife beater. I, you I, didn't I, have your bra on, so that's, that's yeah. pretty simple. You, know, it's, it's you could have seen them through the you could have seen them through the wife beater yeah. bra. <laughs> you can definitely see them outside the wife beater. <laughs> the one. I don't know about the other, it's probably totally different. They're definitely both very different. Right. <laughs> As they usually are. Right. Yeah, that one was more of a right layer, the other one was kind of a layer. Yeah. I didn't uh, really stare long enough to take notes. I did go get as many people as I could, though. Mostly Joel. And he didn't care. Because <laughs> he was still having a good time. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've seen him. It's like, well, yeah, but I haven't, Joel. Probably should. <laughs> One of the one times I should have took a fucking selfie. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you be on the floor though, Jim. Uh, Bro, you be on the floor. Fuck <laughs> 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 you. Yeah, exactly. Wow, Joel. You lose 200 pounds and you see how good your boobs look. <laughs> I'm not an expert on boobs. I'm more of a leg man, but your boobs look fine. <laughs> it looks healthy. I don't know. It's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> What's a healthy boob look like? What's a oh, there's no tumor in it. There's nothing sticking out of it. No hair on it. Grandma Jameson worked for Joel. <laughs> we did drink quite a bit of it. Oh, man. 
Listen, we support all boobs around here. Yes, we do. Yes. We do. Like all Jason says, Jason doesn't care. Uh-huh. He's old, young, Hanging, big, perky. He doesn't yeah. care. He just wants to see every single yeah. pair. At least once, he said. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> He might not want to see him again. But <laughs> yes, he said. He said, I may never want to see that again, but I want to see it at least once. <laughs> we brought him back a boob souvenir from the oh, yeah. Is it a boob paperweight? It is not. <laughs> that would have been that was perfect. Like my guy, that one guy I did. Cut him up no. and made molds out of them. Yeah, yeah, he needs one of those. He does. Yeah. I think we really need to order him one for Christmas. I ordered Mel's Christmas present today, by the way. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, way it. ahead of so yeah. Weird. Can't wait to see what Taylor stuff you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, was that, did I ruin it? <laughs> that was a big shock. <laughs> Whatever it is, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for thinking of me. Of Snaps for Mel, guys. I can't stop. Thank you. It was very, very good and horrible. And you know what? That was only, we're only at like an hour and 30. But it felt like years. It went so quickly compared to some of our others because normally we we, we interject and people say stuff and we were all just sitting there with my jaw out, Mm -hmm. you know. It was just quiet because nobody else could. Yeah. We were listening how horrible it was. We can't, like you said. It's hard to make light of that. Yeah, they're yeah. not making light. Especially, of it. we're not making light of the the situation. No, but yeah. I try to just, find humor in silly yes, things that we say. We do. Yeah. We find humor. But, we find humor that it relieves stress. It right. relieves anxiety. It relieves it when you hear such. It was just so Such horrible. terrible story. Does she get off? Yeah. Does she get off? Hey, wait, it's Taylor. <laughs> I got that one. Stop. No, I just wanted to say, like, I know there was a lot of detail in that. Uh, I don't generally like getting into such detail, but the, the problem is the crimes were just very short and to the point and that was the, the case it was the case and it also it opened up that conversation of like we were talking about with like you know clinical or sorry like legal insanity yeah. versus you know knowing what you're doing and you know just everything that went yeah. wrong in because my scenario of him from the very beginning is a totally different opinion. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, As you started well, we learning started, more yeah. about the things that he was then doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever the police the show up. You know. It show, I thought the same thing. Well, this is insane. I even said that. Right. Time, you know, this has got to be the definition of legally insane. Mm-hmm. But, but no, I see why it's not. Yeah. No. You yeah. know, he would have opened the door and bodied him in and... Mm-hmm. You know, thought nothing was wrong if he didn't. If he knew that what he had been doing was okay, right? He would not have. He would not have avoided them. He would right. not have yeah. packed up things that could be incriminating yeah, and, right. and removed them from the home. And that's like a big yeah. red flag that yeah. says you know what you're doing. Yeah, right. Is wrong because you don't want yeah, to trouble. Absolutely. So kudos to that prosecutor for yeah. Yeah. fighting for that. Cause, for sure, yeah. it's funny because. Uh, <clears throat> And it's crazy That's too, like which of course it doesn't matter because you know he's going yeah. to go to jail forever and never get out. But right. I would have liked to have seen him charged with some crimes against the animals yeah. and stuff like that. Which I know, you know, a it's lot of people true. don't don't. Maybe some people don't value 
that right. as much as as we do because we're mm-hmm. such all of us are such I don't animal value the, the dogs' lives as much as the humans. But no, it's, that's it's not what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that's, I, that's I wanted to saying. see some yeah. accountability <laughs> right. for the things that he was doing. Right. right. Well, but that, for animal abuse, animal cruelty charges. That been I, you know, right. I just. Well, but this was what year was it? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. There might yeah. not have. Was, you're right. There, there wasn't. But in today, That's if you true. if you look up today, at least if in regards to them in a plea deal, they would have used the animals and pleaded them down on the animal charges. You're, that's yeah, right. Sure. I didn't even really. Yeah, really think time about the time. And yeah. the, and right, they probably did. Because you're have. right. Back then, they did. There wasn't a thing. That was that was a defense for whichever side on the insanity. Who right. wanted to use it? That he was eating animals. Yeah. Was it a defense right. that he used? But today, it would have been a, a charge. Yeah. They would have right. charged him with it. Yeah, he would have been initially charged with everything. Can you imagine yeah, this yeah, case now? Oh, being yeah. on the internet, I guarantee on the comment sections there would be hundreds of questions. But hate that about the people. What happened to them? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, the golden, the uh, golden retriever, uh, German Shepherd that was right at that. Was he by himself the entire time? Did he sit there? Right. How did he survive? Yeah, it? who fed his poor dog? That's all people <laughs> yeah, care about. Right. But, but that would be on the comments. It section. would be. It would be. It's <laughs> interesting. You're saying German Shepherd, and I'm thinking Wednesday. Yeah. 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 Well, I did not that dog. Wednesday. That'd be in the comments Aww. section. <laughs> Little P. Penelope. What are we going to call that dog's name? Yeah. But that's true. Yeah. But I've made a lot more. Or not a lot more, but I've met certain animals that I prefer. I like a lot more. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 sure. Right. You you empathize with their owners. Like, I'm so sorry <laughs> that you got stuck with them. <laughs> I personally want to give joking. a shout out to Lincoln yeah. for being my lap dog through this. Yeah, yeah. that was he's literally just laid here. Yeah, he, he knew Adrian needed. He did, yes, he is. Yeah, he knew Adrian needed the. He did. He you know, you the knew comfort. you needed comfort. He did. Yeah. Oh, what seven pounds of him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven pounds. He's he's rabies free today. Which he was rabies free technically yesterday, but we can talk to him later. Yeah, you're parasite free. Oh. No heartworm. I'm gonna do oh, Bob Barker and say, please have your pets, pets spayed and neutered. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. especially cats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got new cats. Oh, no. Oh, God. You got another set? Yeah, there's three little ones. Well, at least has a Wendy one has one. Well, she let's, let's, Wendy, let's yeah. preface this by saying that these are, these are stray cats. Yeah. And our family, uh, has done everything they can to try to trap and, spay and neuter as many of them as they can out of their own pockets and More it's not popping up and, yeah. and it's just been oh yeah, <laughs> Beep. Beep. yeah. we've even contacted the shelter to help with the trap and release programs yeah. and things like that mm-hmm. but right. Melinda's going to end up with two or three more kittens you got seven now right no, eight. Eight. eight Yeah. See, and I named ironically um the the one little girl we just noticed like last week was that it the she one was, that mom yeah oh well it was the one that when we went to the campsite we were told I think we told you guys that we she, and she is not even six she's, months old well she might be he, she is we saw one she's a, she's a tiny kitty though but she she had a very round belly and I was like eh, and yeah, mom was like thought, eh, and then like the next day I went out there I was like well like she's got looks like she's got like where milk is well she was just of a litter this year I think. 
thought mom said. Well, she I thought, thought that, that she was, too, but then uncle. Like one cat can do like 57,000. Oh, they can have that every year. She might have been home last year sometime last year, but. Yeah, luckily she only had three because she's super tiny, but I named her Matilda. <laughs> and, after, well, after the Harry Styles song, which is after well, the movie. Well, you get her, you definitely need to, we need to. Well, mom said that she would, she already told Aunt Wendy she would volunteer to get her mm-hmm. and Jasper taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then we're just kind of hoping the kittens are able to kind of obviously pull through and then we can get them sorted out. But mm-hmm. there's two little, like, dark colored tabby ones and one white one. Oh. Yeah, and when I checked on her Monday, I saw that she was nursing. Oh, and so she's being a so. good mama. I was worried for the first couple of days, but she uh, she hit him the second day when I went to go check on him. Yeah, and then by the time, him five times a year. Jeez. Yeah, but okay. anyway, yeah, kittens. Um, I'm planning to name them all after Harry Styles songs. So okay, we'll get there. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Send good vibes to the kittens. Yeah. And, and Matilda. Spade and neutered. Yep. And with that, good job, Mel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's over for yes. you, too. especially. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I have to pee. So. <laughs> it's a good time for a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. All right. See, see ya. Thank you for listening to Wine, Whiskey, and Murder. Our theme music is by Sam Schechter, and we release new episodes every Wednesday morning in honor of my baby girl, the most perfect little derpy dog, Wednesday, of course. Please be sure that you rate and review us on any and all platforms that you listen on. It really helps us to grow. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and Pandora. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or just helpful information, or you just want to interact with us, you can send us an email at winewhiskeymurderpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us and join our Facebook page at Wine, Whiskey, and Murder Podcast. And find us on TikTok also at Wine, Whiskey, and Murder Pod. Lastly, we are an independently owned and operated podcast, so if you are enjoying the show and would like to help us grow more, you can become a Patreon subscriber for just $5 a month. Just go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for our show under the name Wine, Whiskey, and Murder, and select Become a Patreon or Join to start your subscription. Thank you to everyone for your support.